After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Welcome to our show, Dick. Hi, guys. It's great to be here. Could you tell us a little bit more about the DGM Group? Well, DGM Group uh, actually got named when I was out of town. We were looking for an operating company uh, name to uh, put on a real estate uh, business that I was running at the time. And I came back from a trip, and my staff said, hey, we named the company DGM. And I said, oh, how wonderful, Dick Gushman Management. And they said, no, damn good management. So that's how it got named, and it's the operating uh, company that we use to run the properties that we build and own and manage here in the state. It seems like you have a number of businesses, though. You have Okoa, DGM Group. You have various things. Can you maybe explain a little bit? Well, about we try to make it as confusing as possible uh, <laughs> as we go along, but they're different companies that do different things. But essentially, the business that we're in involves real estate and you know, different permutations. We build stuff from ground up. We buy things and manage them and operate them. Sometimes we do development management for others. Um, so they, uh, what we do kind of runs a, a pretty big spectrum of the business. And how long have you been in real estate? I started at a really young age. My mother was trained as an architect, and my dad was a real estate developer and a contractor in the Midwest where I grew up in Ohio. So I went to work for my father in the construction business when I was 12, not voluntarily, and kind of grew from there. And so I've been involved in it uh, originally from the construction side when I was young. And I started the development business here in 1972. Can you tell us a story, maybe when you were working in construction when you are younger, uh, something that was interesting or maybe has molded you to today? You know, my memories of this business after being in it for all this time is a composite of stuff. I remember my father asking me to go out in the field every, every summer and work in construction. And I remember him telling me philosophically all the time that this was going to be a great experience. And I remember standing out there with like 90 degrees thinking, this is not a great experience. And uh, when I decided to start to build my own stuff, and I got into meetings, and I was out in the field, and I was talking to people, and I remembered exactly the experiences that I'd had when I was at that age. And they proved to be invaluable. Uh, the, the collection of those experiences proved to be tremendously helpful to me. So um, I think Mark Twain said his father got a lot smarter as he got older. Uh, I think that proved to be the case for me, too. Was there someone in particular that you spoke to that left you with a message that really made you realize that you want to go into this real estate path following your father? No, actually, Carrie, it was somewhat serendipitous, as you said in your preamble. Uh, I came here as a merchant seaman um, originally on a research ship doing a film for National Geographic. And um, we came back through here in 1971, and in the 72, I came back with then my brand new wife, and who was pregnant at the time, and she and I came back here. She was going to go to the university, and I was going to continue my marine business. And the day I arrived here, the company that I had a job with filed for bankruptcy. So I went through a career change the following day, and really all I knew 
uh, was the real estate experiences that I'd had. So I started into uh, this business as a substitute for what I really came out here to do. And so um, I'm still doing it. I, I haven't learned anything in 35 well, years. What was that day like for you? I mean, can you recap it? I know maybe it, it was painful, <laughs> but what was the day like? Well, um, as I said, my wife was pregnant and she wasn't feeling well. And so I went down and had breakfast by myself and I opened up the advertiser and then went like this and it said, this company files bankruptcy it was on the top of the front page. So uh, it, it sort of took the wind out of my, my breakfast wasn't quite as good as I'd hoped it was gonna be. I'd been here for 12 hours. So I went upstairs and she said, what was in the paper? And I said, oh, nothing, honey. So I, did, I didn't want to make her upset she was pregnant. So um, I realized that I had to find something else to do. And um, I didn't know anyone here. And so I went around and uh, began to interview with people to see if I could find a job. And uh, fortunately, I was uh, able to get several opportunities because we were in a very strong real estate cycle at the time. So luck is a huge part of everybody's journey in life. And I've certainly had more than my share of that. So I happened to be here at a time when that involuntary career shift um, proved not to be as devastating as it might otherwise have been. And at that time you decided to go in and work with McCormick, is that right? I did. I got a job working for the McCormick Corporation. They were the largest uh, real estate uh, residential sales firm at the time. And they had a development subsidiary which was run by a guy named Duncan McNaughton. And uh, so I went to work for Duncan, and I think, if I remember correctly, at that time I was 26 and he was 28. Between us, we knew everything. So we were very <laughs> lucky in that respect. And um, I worked for Duncan and that company for, I think, 11 months, and I decided to start my own company. Um, probably an impetuous decision, but uh, anyway, I left and uh, went on my own. Were you always planning to start your own company, or did you think you would be a company man? when you first went in? It's a good question, Evan. I'm not sure I ever really thought about it, although I must, would say that I have always been comfortable, more comfortable making my own decisions, right or wrong, and living with the outcomes than otherwise. So since I only have an 11-month an history as an employee, I can't tell you how, how good I, I've been because it's a pretty short stay. And then Duncan, three years later, asked me to go to lunch, and we were talking. He said, I noticed that you're, you seem to be doing well. And if you can do it, anybody can do it, so why don't we do it together? And so that's how we started our, our term together. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Audi sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Greatergoodradio.com. You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Today's guest is CEO of TGM Group and trustee of the estate of James Campbell, Dick Gushman.
I was wondering, as a wife, your wife at that time, what did she say? Because you know you had this job change. You started a career in real estate. You came you know, to do something else, and now you're starting your own business. What was her response to that? Probably something I couldn't repeat on the air. It suffice to say that the fact that I had a career change and a few months later after we had a brand new baby um, that I've decided to give up the security of working for a company, uh, start our, uh, my own company. I had $1,800 at the time, so I looked at it as I had a very limited downside. <laughs> I mean, all I had to lose was $1,800 and I had a really old car so uh, it wasn't we you know we didn't have a house so uh, I saw it as a very uh, limited experiment she didn't see it the same way but uh, she, you know we had a brand new child at home and uh, but she was very supportive and uh, it worked out so uh, it's good to have people who believe in you and will you know through all of our journeys and uh, will stay in there with you when the times look uh, less than secure so do you think that, you know, it motivated you more? Because, you know, you had to succeed. Like you said, oh, absolutely. You $1,800. Yeah. And then do you think that you gained this motivation from, because, you know, you were an athlete, you said, in high school. Yeah. Right? So did that help to... I think that, uh, to answer your first question, uh, you know, sheer panic is a wonderful motivator. I mean, I, I had a certain amount of time to see if I could make it work because $1,800 was not like an infinite experiment. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there was not a lot of uh, latitude for uh, inaccuracy. And again, I was fortunate that, that, it, that, that what I was trying to do worked out. Some of the, the reserves, perhaps, of the confidence to try something like that came from my collective background. I had very supportive uh, parents, uh, and that training of athletics uh, trains you for a lot of things. But one of the things it, it I think, teaches uh, young people uh, is that ability to persevere, to just keep trying and trying and trying, even when it doesn't seem like it's going well, because you, it's the only path to improvement. And um, how well you play whatever you play uh, or do whatever you do athletically is entirely colored by how hard you try at it uh, in addition to how much talent you bring to it so uh, I'm sure that that was a, a very strong motivator just don't you know if you don't give up the odds seem to get a little bit better <laughs> for you as you go along. Can we talk about the start a little bit because you know we all hear the saying it takes money to make money right you didn't have any money really so how did you get started? I found a family who had a piece of land uh, out in Pearl City. Uh, they wanted to do something with it. Uh, um, the long, torture story of how I got to, to, to that relationship. We talked about what they wanted to do. We decided to do it together. And uh, over time, we were able to take their land and some money we borrowed from the bank and build an office building. And I did the development and the leasing and uh, were able to we were collectively able to make that, that happen. So we actually had money uh, in the form of the land and we borrowed the rest. So how did you live during that time if you know all the money was going into the business? We took management fees out of the development project. The banks uh, always let you have uh, a little leash and you have to uh, kind of live on that leash and that pays the overhead of the project and that was what we uh, lived on. And we built another project and then a third one. So in a matter of a couple of years, um, we were able to start with the first building and it began to pick up steam. Again, by great fortune, I was here at a very powerful time in a, in a real estate cycle, which ended a few years after that, which was another terrific learning experience, uh, how to manage when it's not going well. Could Let's talk about that uh -huh. a little bit, if you 
Sure. Or willing. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think that this is sort of a graphic story, which may be topical to to your audiences today. We're in a very strong real estate cycle, and particularly in the condominium market. 1973, uh, we built a 30-story, 300-unit condominium in Pearl Ridge called Lele Pono. And when we sold the building, before we started construction, we had 900 buyers show up at this big pre-sale. We had a great, it took like three hours to sell the whole thing. It was, we thought we had invented magic. And um, two years later, when we finished it and delivered it, 66 of the buyers had gone away, defaulted, walked away from their deposits. And we were in serious stage of disappointment. Fortunately, we were almost able to pay off all of our costs, and it took a while to sell the rest of the inventory, but it turned out to be a great learning experience about how to manage the downside, uh, how to try to position the risks, um, maybe give up some of the risk of the top end to marginalize the downside, um, and also how to manage with fear, because it didn't look good for a while, and uh, that's always an experience that you never know how you'll react to until you're in it. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek work with monsters so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Today's guest is CEO of DGM Group and trustee of the estate of James Campbell, Dick Gushman. I was wondering how your work schedule has changed from the very beginning until now because you folks are doing really big projects. So how has it changed your daily activities? Oh, that's a great question, Carrie. I mean, in the, in the beginning, it was all, you know, energy and time because you don't have a lot of experience to pull from. And relationships and, and the resources of the community broadly uh, defined. You know, I, it was just a matter of pouring hours and hours and hours into it. Uh, fortunately, today, I don't have to do quite as much of that because hopefully I've, somewhere along the line, I've learned something. And the, we have better uh, staff and you know more capable people helping so uh, it still takes a bunch of time but not nearly as as crushing uh, as it did in the beginning and I think that's true for people who try um, really passionately about anything it, it has to be a, a, a you have to make it take up enough space in your life to be a, a consuming experience uh, because if not it, the odds seem to not be in your favor it just takes a heck of a lot of energy since you've been able to, I guess, open up your schedule more because you've done bigger projects and been more successful since from the beginning, you've had more time to give back to the community. And we're really appreciative of that because you were not from Hawaii, yet you've done business in Hawaii, and you're really involved in the Hawaii community. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Uh, again, I think that's a parental legacy. My mother's really active in the community. Uh, my father, uh, to some extent as well, 
it was expected in our family that you had to do service in addition to whatever else you did in, in the community. So it seemed like a natural thing to do. I must confess that for the early years, as you were pointing out a minute ago, Carrie, that there was a time collision uh, between my family and trying to get this business started. So I didn't really start to get engaged in the, in the community probably until five or six or seven years after I, I came here. And since then, uh, I've been uh, really uh, blessed to have been uh, involved with some different things, the Boys and Girls Club and a whole bunch of others, the university from time to time. And But why? Why did you decide to do it? I mean, you can spend all your time on your business yeah. and make more money, so why do these community things? Well, I'm a, a philosophically a firm believer that uh, the communities in which uh, you do business, invest, and manage your financial environment is only as good as the people who put their energy and leadership into it. And it's just, uh, there's there's a, a complete logic to it to me as, as a business person, in addition to feeling that there's an obligation to do it as a citizen. And, and it's a great learning experience for me. I've learned enormous amounts from the people that I've had an opportunity to meet in the nonprofit world. I'm sure way more than they've gotten from me uh, as being a member of their organizations. I don't know that you don't go into a nonprofit looking at it as an advantage to be involved, but did you see a change once you got involved? Maybe your business grew, you met, you know, higher up people. Sure, absolutely. It's, it's a tremendous opportunity to see parts of the community you would not otherwise see. You get the perspective of different uh, vantage points through the eyes of organizations that are trying to take care of components of the community that really need help. And I, I think that fashions you in a way that makes your understanding of the community that you do business in you know, maybe more holistic and certainly uh, you get a sense of what's going on at a you know really low altitude. You get right down next to where the activities are taking place. How about a learning experience that you got from helping in the community? Well, I think there are endless uh, additions to me as a person from doing that. I think one, United Way of America, just to pick one randomly, uh, was a place where I got to meet the labor leadership of the state, who I didn't know. And in my business, we don't have organized labor as employees, but we involve lots of unions in building. So the building trades and all the associated labor organizations, we were always engaged with professionally. I got to meet them personally, and it changed my whole view. Uh, it enhanced my whole view of, of organized labor, and some of those uh, folks have become very close friends of mine. And um, it, it just was a broadening uh, opportunity for me. So that's just you know, to give you one example. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Staying cool on Hawaiian time. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. Neptunites. For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948 2622 or online at bubbletea.com. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth.
how do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Greatergoodradio.com. You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Today's guest is CEO of DGM Group and trustee of the estate of James Campbell, Dick Gushman. What kind of advice could you give people in business that maybe have not gotten involved with community activities yet? A couple of thoughts on that, I think, Evan. First, uh, if you expect communities to take care of themselves, you're a fool. And so if you're uh, making long-term commitments to your business here, um, it, it's just a naturally intelligent thing to do, in my view, to, to give back. The community service has an absolute connection to your business outcomes uh, long term. And if you don't like what's happening, where you're doing business, where you're living, and how your children are being educated and things, if the, you, either have, you have two choices. You can either sit down and shut up, or you can stand up and help out. And so uh, I would encourage particularly people uh, who are in business leadership situations to bring their leadership skills to the community needs because leadership is a uh, not an endless uh, a commodity in endless supply there's only a limited amount of it so i i think it's uh, important to share it if you have some of it it's real important to take care of the communities in which you live what about for the 30 and 40 year olds who are really trying to build their career, they have a family or they're just starting a family, can you help to encourage us to get involved in the community um, and build their career at the same time so that we can become that leadership in the businesses? Yeah, I think that volunteering actively will put you in, in uh, first-person contact with folks you might not otherwise get to see on your path through your life. And so you'll get a chance to interact with uh, perhaps other leadership folks at a different time in their lives and a different point in their careers. Uh, and I think they'll find that that's uh, tremendously valuable to them because they see it in a non-threatening environment. You're there with a common expectation, which is to try to improve the community for uh, everybody, not just for a singular profit purpose. I guess one of the biggest questions is how do you actually get started? You know, like how did you get started? What was the first community organization that you got involved with? Boy, I, I, it's been so long, I'm not even sure I remember which one was the first one. Um, Perhaps it was United Way, um, way back when I volunteered. Uh, but the easiest way to uh, to start is to hold up your hand, and uh, somebody will find you, or just call something that you're interested in. Uh, you, you know, life is great when you pursue passion, and if you're passionate about something that is or isn't working well, um, go see them and uh, tell them that you'd be happy to help. And uh, you'll be amazed how delighted they'll be when when you do that. And I guess if you can't spend time or you think you can't spend time, you can always give some money, right? Yeah, money is uh, a lot easier to find sometimes, actually, than uh, passionate people who uh, uh, want to make a difference. Uh, there's uh, no substitute for that. What last bit of advice could you give people out there uh, to close up the show? Well, I, I think that um, for the on the business side, um, which may not be completely independent of, of what I would suggest uh, on the community service side, Evan. On the business side, uh, you got to follow your heart. 
and you got to do um, what it is that inspires you. And for those who want to be entrepreneurial, um, in and outside of larger organizations or entirely on your own, uh, you have to be willing to lose because sometimes that's the the ultimate risk. And with respect to the community, um, if you don't give back, then um, you're probably uh, shortchanging the uh, environment that you live in. Uh, and so um, you have to find a, a balance point amongst your business, your family, and the community. Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio, Hawaii.